because I still tear up today when I see a family that felt so, you know, discouraged and felt they'd never be able to own something. And then they finally own a mobile home and they're of tears of joy. You know, it's a small, tiny home, but they finally feel so happy that they get to own something. Hi, I'm Terry Shower, and you're listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, real estate fans, and welcome to this episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Joining me today is Franco Perez. Franco is a mobile home expert. He is based near San Francisco. And thank you for joining me, Franco. Thanks for having me, Terry. Excited to be here. So why don't we start out? Just tell me a little bit about your journey through life that's led you to be on my show today with the hat of the mobile home expert. (laughs) Sure. I I guess... Long story short, kind of immigrated here from the Philippines at a young age. And when I was 17, 18 years old, was put in a weird housing situation where my dad was the main breadwinner. He fled the country. Then I immediately had to kind of drop out of school to help support my mom and younger sister as well. And I say that because I remember at the end of every month having to struggle and sell items that we had, gather all the coins that we had just to just to be able to afford that payment at the end of every single month, just to be able to pay for rent. And I remember thinking is, why is it that we're good people, we're kind people, but why is it that we have to go through all this struggle and we don't have any opportunities? We can never be a homeowner. And from then, I kind of worked my way to being a real estate agent, did that for a while, became financially secure. But then after I was financially secure, I I reflected and I really hated being a real estate agent because I was in a position where I was being taught to help the wealthiest people I could help get the most expensive homes that they could get. And it hurt me so much to have to tell people, hey, unfortunately, you don't make enough money. You don't have enough saved down as a down payment. I can't help you now, but if you make more and save more, I can help you later. Right. And to me, that hurt me so much because I know they were going through the same pain that I was going through. And I know today, there's people going through that same pain that I was going through. And those are the people that inside of me, I really wanted to help. So took a break from being a regular real estate agent and trying to find that thing that will help, you know, middle-class member, middle-class people be able to go through uh, being able to afford real estate. Saw a lot of government programs. I tried being involved in that, but I didn't like the progress of it. And I accidentally came across mobile homes and it was shocking to me because what I thought mobile homes were, were just trailer trash, a place for bad quality criminals, bad quality homes and that sort of thing, because that's all we see on the media, on TV, on the news or, or movies. But I came to find out that these are great, beautiful places where Families are able to start their wealth building journeys where teachers are able to live in expensive areas and be able to feel financially secure. So we built a business around focusing on helping people get out of that rental rat race into mobile homes. And then it allows for them to have an asset that they can sell later and get into single family homes. And that's where we're at today. And now our big thing lately is and why we became popular is we convert a lot of old style trailers and turn them into large, what we call sexy mobile homes, where they're like 1700 square foot homes, 12 foot high ceilings, three bed, two bath, beautiful, as beautiful as could be. 
And that's where we're at today. So it's exciting to be here. Isn't that just so interesting? We had a little conversation off camera before, um, and you mentioned, you know, Vancouver uh, as a, a market that's a little bit parallel to San Francisco. Um, I'm based in Montreal, but I know for all of us Canadians, Toronto is crazy overpriced. Montreal is going the same way in that many of our urban cores are becoming just too expensive for the average middle class person to be able to get onto the first rung of home ownership. Even condos, right? Like a lot of our cities in, in Canada are quite dense, so we have a, a strong condo market. But even starting out as owning a condo is out of reach for a lot of people. So maybe you can sort of like walk me through this. Definitely, you know, I think we have most people have this this stereotype of, you know, mobile homes being a little bit trashy or low end. And then you worry about what are my neighbors going to be like and am I going to be able to resell that? So tell me a little bit just about the business model. And I, I think there's also something to do with, you know, owning the land and then not owning the trailer. Like maybe you can just kind of clarify that for me a little bit because it's not totally clear. Yeah. So there's so much to unpack from that question. I feel like there's five topics I want to go over. Um, but I guess it really kind of starts with the realization that mobile home parks are out there. I'll kind of start with the stigma element. One is everyone's perspective is really only what they see on TV. And that's our that's why we have that stigma. But it's kind of like apartment buildings, right? There's bad quality apartment buildings that you don't want your kids going around. And then there's luxury apartments with tons of amenities and and it's like a resort, right? But that's that whole same spectrum when it comes to mobile home. Yes, there are some bad parks and communities, but there's also beautiful luxury style communities with tennis courts, person, I mean, private gyms and that sort of thing. And, and they all shouldn't be written off as a whole bad quality uh, asset class, right? So that being said is one. The next is also a lot of people don't know that they're around. I just looked at my one of my team members notes is that there's over a hundred in Canada, there's over $180,000, uh, I'm sorry, 180,000 mobile homes in Canada alone. And we don't actually know that they're around because we don't actually look for them. Um, the other is really understanding the housing problem like you touched on earlier. So we're in the Silicon Valley, which is kind of, you know, a place for where we start to see the future of America and Canada as well. But we also see the future problems that we're uh, that are going to be happening in our country as well also. So in hubs like the Bay Area, LA, San Diego, Vancouver, there's so many similarities with how these problems are, but I'll kind of describe one of the big problems in the Silicon Valley. I'm going to say numbers of pricing, but understand that these numbers might be high compared to most areas. However, the ratios are kind of the same. So if a family wanted to rent a two-bedroom apartment in the Silicon Valley, it would be about $3,500 a month. And understanding how rent works is that you live there for five years, you don't get anything back, right? Now, if a family, if that same family wanted to buy a single family home in this same area of San Jose, you're looking at a $1.5 million home just for a regular average single family home. How does somebody ever dream of ever purchasing something like that when the barrier of entry is so high? If somebody wanted to put 10% down on that home, it would be $150,000 and their monthly payment would look more than $7,000, right? If I'm stuck renting at this high cost, there's a huge gap and a huge wealth gap that makes it very difficult to be able to benefit from home ownership. And we all understand the benefits of home ownership. You get tax benefits, you get to leverage a loan to buy an asset that 
that is worth that adds to your net worth and you also get the appreciation of the value of the home as well now with that being said what's beautiful about mobile homes is that it's kind of a blend of in between like you mentioned you don't own the land you pay a land lease for the for the land it's also called lot rent or space rent average in our area is about $1100 and the mobile home itself average is about for a newer home is about $350,000 but that being said you have a good quality home and your down payment of 350 is now $35,000 and your monthly mortgage is about $2,800. So with that being said, you're spending less than $4,000. It's just a little bit more than if you're paying on a rental model, but just by shifting from all 100% rent into a mobile home, you get access to a lot of those benefits of home ownership. You get the tax benefits, you get the appreciation benefits and you get to leverage a loan to purchase something that is now an asset that you own, right? And that's how we're seeing people really be able to have that first stepping stone that's just a little more expensive and an easier barrier of entry to start their ownership model in these mobile home parks in expensive areas. And then later down the line, they have more capital that they're going to be able to build up and they have an asset that they can sell to later buy a single family home later. And I know that was a very long, drawn out thing, but and I know the numbers were very high, but I did a project in Austin or Atlanta where the numbers were half the cost, right? It could be a different number in a different area, but uh, the ratios are kind of the same. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. I guess uh, just to clarify this for me, like I thought mobile homes depreciate pretty quickly because like a mobile home is not the same as like an actual bricks and mortar house. So maybe you can just explain to me because I, I thought that like, you know, let's say you pay $350,000, like that is not gaining value over time. It's losing value a bit like a car or am I wrong? Did you know the Real Estate Investors Club podcast is starting a mastermind? Imagine having the power and the knowledge that's shared in these podcasts in a group setting. You get to have accountability, build a peer group, and also develop a network that's going to help support your real estate goals. Please check out more information at terryshower.com and select the Mastermind tab on the drop-down menu on the left. Enjoying the episode so far? Have you really been listening to the episode or has your monkey mind been taking you off in one direction or another? Our mental habits can be our biggest assets or our biggest liabilities as we pursue certain goals. For me, the biggest performance gains have always come from training my mind. In my book, Mindful Landlord, I talk about how you can train your mind and how you can apply some of these strategies to your journey in the real estate field. The book is available on Amazon and also on its website, mindfullandlord.com. Now I'll stop evangelizing for the power of mental training and let you get back to the show. Yeah, that's one of those big myths that go along with this stigma as well. But the key is, is understanding mainly so the mobile home in itself, it's quite fascinating. If you're in a dense area, you're seeing a lot of these homes actually appreciate in value. If you're talking about the home itself, it does actually depreciate. If you're like in a farmland area, it does kind of act like a car. But the key thing is understanding the value of it in the mobile home park itself, because people don't realize it's a bit, it gets a bit confusing. However, it's kind of like commercial real estate. You have the home in itself, but because it's in a location of high demand of housing, that home being in San Jose versus a home being in Nebraska, 
does appreciate in value because pe- people need that as a as a home in itself. And you know, it should be kind of looked at in a complete different spectrum compared to what you just said. But most of our uh, most of what we do is really in high dense areas. So the answer to that is like in these dense areas where housing prices are very high, where rents are very high and homes are hard to purchase, these homes are appreciating at a fast rate. And overall throughout the country of uh, the USA, they've actually appreciated by more than 10% in the last year. Okay. So let me just repeat this back to you to make sure that I've understood it properly and to maybe like pick some of that apart. So you're paying lot rent. So basically you're always going to be a tenant on the lot rent, but because there's not a ton of lot spaces, I suppose in specific areas, the fact of having access to that piece of land and then on top of it, having put like, you know, a mobile home that even though it's depreciating because it's in a high density area. And now are you talking about this from the point of view of like, let's say an investor who would purchase that home and rent it out? Or are you talking about that from the point of view of someone who would like buy it and then live there until they're able to trade up? Or are we talking about both of those scenarios? The latter one. So basically mainly just for primary residents. And, and considering that these are like really governed for low income housing, they really prioritize for these to not be accessible by private investors to buy a mobile home and rent them out unless you own the park itself, which even the park owners right now are not really leaning towards owning the units themselves. Okay. Interesting. Before we turn to kind of more, uh, you know, personal experience and, and journeys, is there something else that I should know about your business model? Something else that could maybe help our listeners in Canada understand how uh, this might have an impact in what they're doing, either as investors or as middle-class people thinking, okay, how am I going to get on that property ladder? And it's just so difficult. Yeah. I I guess one is just, as we mentioned, is breaking those stigmas around what mobile homes actually are. The other is, you know, really understanding that we, it's part why we've done a lot on our YouTube channel and kind of sharing stories of like, hey, this is a teacher that, that all of her coworkers are being pushed out of these expensive areas. And because she lives in a mobile home, she's able to feel financially secure. And it's really understanding the personal cash flow and how that works, right? Is this better than your current renting situation? If so, then this is a great option for you, right? Because we have so many people that are thinking that, you know, that are in that rental model and they think that one day I'm going to make a boost of way more income and one day I'll be able to afford this dream of home ownership. But the truth is right now is, the world isn't looking like these prices are going to go down drastically later. It's actually looking like the opposite. But how do we create those stepping stones in between? And how do we understand the future of construction and what our housing problem is going to look like now? Because one is our construction, the world of our construction, is it's very, you know, Canada and US are very similar. But most of our skilled labor are 45 years old and older, and they're going to retire soon. They're getting tired. They don't want to keep being a laborer. And a lot of our younger generations are not wanting to work with a hammer or not wanting to be a skilled uh, construction worker, right? And that's going to be a bigger, bigger problem. What we're already seeing today is material cost is getting more expensive. The total cost of building housing is getting more complex and expensive. And if we don't change the way that we're building homes, we're never going to be able to keep up with the supply. And that being said, 
the way we're building mobile homes is a complete innovation of how construction's being done. I use this analogy about cars, right? Cars were originally only built, built for the rich and wealthy, and it was only until we built them on assembly lines in a streamlined fashion that we were able to make it accessible for everybody, right? And, you know, I've built single family homes. It's taken 18 months, but just last month, uh, we broke the record of completing a complete mobile home build out in less than two and a half months, which is shocking. And the huge innovation to that is building these in an assembly line, building these in factories, and we're maximizing the output of the skilled labor that we currently have today. And at the end of the line, we have a much more quality built home. We have a much more affordable cost home, which makes it accessible for everybody. And that's kind of what we have to really understand. And how do we keep building ownership, uh, homeowner opportunities for more of the middle class? And, and that's one big leap that we're actually working on. And that's why mobile homes have been the biggest topic, as well as manufactured homes and modular homes, because we have to build these homes differently. Yeah, and no, I think you're completely spot on. And, you know, for somebody who, like I work in, I guess you could call low-income housing, like which ends up being mostly apartments. Um, and then just hearing the pain of of young people coming up who are like, you know, I'm never going to own a home. It's just too difficult. And then one of the most common solutions that like we, you know, I, I do a bit of real estate coaching, like what we end up promoting to people is, oh, well, like consider investing in secondary markets, right? Because if you're living in like a population center that's super crowded and, and has become very pricey, but like, you know, eventually those secondary markets are going to be bought up too. And if, you know, people from big cities are buying up those investments, what's going to happen to the people who live in those secondary markets? Because you're basically pricing them out of their own home markets, which is which is a crazy thing, right? So that might be a temporary solution that's going to work as a strategy to make some money investing in the next five years. But ultimately, socially, it's not solving that problem on a scale that um, where we're able to scale up supply. Yeah. And with that, you know, what I find fascinating is a lot of these government programs are like reduced rent programs, which, you know, in my eyes, it really only helps them temporarily for that given time. They don't get any asset benefit or net worth gain from that. Right. And if people understand that, hey, how do we create more homeowner opportunities for the middle class? That's really what's getting, you know, the wealthy wealthier. And we have to have that accessible to the middle class. And and as well as I, I feel I'm glad you mentioned the coaching element too, is is one one thing that's fascinating. And I feel like a lot of real estate agents can maybe relate to this. But to me, I still tear up today when I see a family that felt like they were denied by so many agents to be able to be helped. But how do they tap into being able to understand how mobile homes work and how do they make it accessible for those families that maybe couldn't access these homes, right? Because I still tear up today when I see a family that felt so you know, discouraged and felt they'd never be able to own something. And then they finally own a mobile home and they're of tears of joy. You know, it's a small, tiny home, but they finally feel so happy that they get to own something. And what I hate in this world lately is that, you know, there's so much, there's so many people out there begging to help the rich and wealthy, but there isn't enough people really trying to help those that can barely afford housing. And it's the most fulfilling and the most rewarding thing to be able to help those families, whether you make a dollar or not. And I really urge people to try try it out and see, you know, see if that's something that can be that you'd be able to help with as an agent or as the listeners out there too, because it's something that shouldn't be ignored. All right. Wow, that's great. 
Um, I have two other questions that I usually ask my guests. We're going to see how applicable these are to you. I think you touched on it a little bit at the beginning of your story, but on the way to doing what you do, you know, I think a lot of us who are working in the industry have been here for a while, project this image of success. I don't know, maybe in your corner of the world, you're, you don't seem to be doing that as hard as maybe some other people. But what might have been some of the sacrifices that you went through or some of the lifestyle hits you took to be able to do what you do full time now? Oh, man. So there's so many. Uh, I feel like, you know, there's so there's always going to be a ton of hurdles, a ton of obstacles. You know, finding a first investor that was going to believe in me to finally to do investment in mobile homes. I knocked on so many investors' doors, really, just shooting my pitch. And, and people are like, you're crazy. Why would I ever invest in a mobile home, right? Do you know what mobile homes are, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and you know, there's things like that that are really, that are really discouraging. But I, I think what's important that, that really played out for me is that I never wanted to start a business. I never, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I knew that in my, in my pain of going through that in my personal life, I wanted to help people that were in those shoes so badly that it didn't matter how often I got denied. It didn't matter what legal problems I had to overcome to be able to build the homes that we want. It, it didn't matter what the obstacles looked like. I just knew that in the back of my head, if I just help one family be able to feel financially secure, if I get to help some good people be able to be more comfortable, to me that all the obstacles didn't mean as much as it as it would for most people. And I say that to those people that are listening is like if you find something you're actually passionate about, you you know, the obstacles mean nothing. You become resourceful, you find I never went through college, but I read as many books as I could even though I hate reading. But when you find that why you, you're really unstoppable and I hope people do find that. Yeah, I, I think that's very a very powerful story. Like, you know, it sounds like you were just called to do this based on the pain that uh, came out of your own experience. Um, and I think if I want to, like, you know, challenge you, listener, to take something away from this is is ask yourself that question. Like, what pain have you experienced in your life on the housing situation? Because it's a real estate show. And how what solutions are there to that? How can you help people maybe address some of those solutions and and then begin to tap into some of that, you know, what are you called to do in a in a kind of a, a service helping kind of a thought process? Exactly that. Yeah. Franco, this has been very eye-opening for me. Um, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, to reach out to you, learn about more about what you do? Yeah. If you haven't, I know this is a podcast, but if you haven't seen what mobile home communities look like or what the new modern day mobile homes look like, I really urge you to take a look at our YouTube stuff because our team works hard on that. But all of our links are on www.franco.tv. And there you can see our 3D tours. You can see we do a lot of how-to videos of how they're constructed and why they're, why they're super modern. And you see a lot of how beautiful these homes are. And you also see stories of of our clients, of our the teachers that stay in expensive areas and 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 a lot of success stories as well. So yeah. Right, you. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be sure to have those links in the show notes. Please go over and check out Franco.tv. Is that right? Yep. yep. Go check that out. We're gonna drop the links in the show notes. Thank you for taking this time to chat with me. Real estate fans, tune in next week for another episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. If you want to own more buildings like my mom, like and subscribe. 
and share this episode with anyone who you think could profit from it. See you next time, real estate fans.